The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The December 27th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of December 27th, 2023. Orcas Island School District may offer a preschool program next fall. Plea agreement reached in arson case. Jingle Bell Dinner was a success for Lopez Hospice. Plus, excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. First, from the Islands Sounder, Orcas Island School District may offer preschool program next fall, by Colleen Smith-Summers. Orcas Island School District may offer a preschool option for qualifying students by next fall. Transitional Kindergarten is a public school program for children aged five or about to turn five who do not have access to high-quality early learning experiences and have been identified as needing additional support to be successful in kindergarten. TK is provided at no cost to families and is fully integrated into the school system, providing students with access to meals, transportation, and recess. In January 2023, there were more than 3,000 TK students throughout 101 school districts in Washington State. In many communities, it operates as part of a blended model, where students participating in TK, Head Start, and the Early Childhood Education Assistance Program are all served. During the 2023 legislative session, a bill was passed that allocates specific funding for students enrolled in transitional kindergarten. This is an opportunity to leverage new additional federal funds that could allow local funds to be reallocated to benefit even more families, said OISD Superintendent Eric Webb. TK is particularly beneficial for communities that are a child care desert, meaning there are few affordable daycare options for kids under the age of five. Those in opposition to the program launching on Orcas say it could cause the three early learning centers in East Sound, Kaleidoscope, Children's House, and Orcas Montessori, to close. It could also affect the level of financial support from the state-funded ECAP and federally-funded Head Start, which provide free services and support to eligible preschool children and their families. Currently, all eligible ORCAS children are being served by the existing early education organizations, none of which have a wait list for preschool-aged children. San Juan County's ECAP serves ORCAS and Lopez, while San Juan Island has Head Start. ECAP has three primary functions, provide preschool services to children, assist families with everyday problem-solving and parenting issues, and encourage high-quality teaching, programming, and safe facilities at the locally contracted preschools. Orcas also has the Early Childhood Education Initiative, a five-year collaboration of the three preschools, private funders, and advisors. The group's goal is to ensure all young children receive early childhood education opportunities and are prepared for kindergarten. 
Kaleidoscope, Orcus Montessori, San Juan County ECAP, and ECEI released the following statement regarding transitional kindergarten on Orcus. Such a program runs the risk of adversely affecting the exceptional early childhood education community that is already in place. Our ECE community has worked tirelessly for decades to provide access to high-quality preschool for all islanders, no matter their ability to pay, and working collaboratively towards a common goal, providing children with the best educational and life outcomes and supporting families to pursue their own goals. Due to the hard work of these programs, the kindergarten readiness of these students ranks among the best in the state. The Office of the Superintendent of Public Instruction states in their TK guidelines that the program is intended to fill gaps in service and that such a program should only be opened if it will not adversely affect the programs that are already in place. We are here to tell you that there are no gaps to be filled and that a TK program would undoubtedly have a negative effect on our ECE community. Webb says he is planning to meet with the Orcus Preschool Directors and Samantha Bowen, Executive Director of Early Learning for the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, in January. She is currently working with a few other districts and counties across the state to help blend programs and funding into the cohesive system that provides the most services possible for our children and families. I plan on having a report about TK on the February school board agenda, Webb said. We are moving slowly on this issue and want to partner with the preschools on the island to develop a larger system that can provide even more opportunities for the children and families of the island. It is important to remember that initiative was only developed and funded during the last legislative session and guidance has only recently been developed. Districts across the state are striving to develop models that work best within their local communities. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Plea Agreement Reached in Arson Case by Kevin Schofield On December 20th, Dwight Henline pled guilty to a charge of second-degree arson as part of a plea bargain agreement in which he admitted to setting the April 2022 fire that burned down four buildings along Spring Street in Friday Harbor. The fire destroyed several local businesses housed in those buildings, including Herb's Tavern, Crystal Seas Kayaking, Crow's Nest Coffee, and Windermere Real Estate. The case has taken a complex path. In the immediate aftermath of the fire, the King County Sheriff's Department asked the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, to help investigate the blaze. The ATF determined that the fire was likely arson, and their joint investigation gathered evidence pointing to Henline. After his arrest in late April 2022, the Office of the U.S. Attorney for Western Washington filed charges in federal court accusing him of four counts of arson under federal law. Last month, his case finally came to trial, and after two weeks of testimony and three weeks of deliberations, it ended in a mistrial due to a hung jury. The prospect of a retrial after a hung jury is risky to both the prosecution and the defense, 
Both sides have seen the opposition's case in full and learned all of its strengths and weaknesses, but both have also exposed their own weaknesses as well as their trial strategies. For that reason, it is not uncommon for cases to be settled after a mistrial. As part of the same plea agreement, Henlein also entered a guilty plea to an unrelated 2021 charge of unlawful possession of a firearm. Both the arson and firearm charges were filed under Washington state law instead of federal law, which are heard in state courts and have different sentencing guidelines. The new charges were filed in San Juan County Superior Court and subsequently transferred to King County Superior Court in Seattle, where Henline has been held in a federal detention facility since his arrest. On December 20th, in a single hearing, Henline was arraigned on the new state charges, entered guilty pleas, and was sentenced. The federal arson charges were then dropped. Consistent with the plea agreement, Henline was sentenced to 12 months imprisonment for arson and 8 months imprisonment for the firearm charge in terms to be served concurrently, with credit for the time served since his arrest. Since he has already been detained for 20 months, the judge ordered him immediately released from prison. Also, following the terms of the plea agreement, Henline will now serve one year of community custody. He is barred from returning to Friday Harbor and from contacting any of the victims of the arson. He must undergo mental health and alcohol use evaluations and is required to follow all treatment recommendations and he is forbidden from possessing or consuming alcohol or any non-prescribed drugs. Finally, Henline is required to pay restitution to the victims of the fire in an amount to be determined at a future hearing that has not yet been scheduled. Under state law, a charge of second-degree arson in which no one was injured or killed carries a maximum sentence of 10 years imprisonment, a fine of $20,000, or both. But the state sentencing guidelines reduce that amount based upon the offender score, a rating of the offender's past history of convictions for related crimes. On a scale of 0 to 10, Henline's offender score was calculated at 1, placing him on the low end of the sentencing guidelines. 6 to 12 months imprisonment for the arson charge and 3 to 8 months for the firearms charge. Ultimately, the sentences imposed were the high end for both of those ranges, 12 months for arson and 8 months for the firearm charge. That said, they are less time, even combined, than the 20 months he has spent imprisoned while awaiting trial. Henline's plea agreement includes a signed admission from him that he set the fire. On April 6, 2022, in San Juan County, Washington, I knowingly and maliciously caused a fire which damaged several buildings in Friday Harbor, 40 Spring Street, 50 Spring Street, 70 Spring Street, 80 Spring Street South, and 1 Front Street. When asked for a comment on the resolution of the case, Emily Langley, a spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney for Western Washington, said, While the trial team is disappointed the jury did not unanimously find proof of guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, we are pleased that Mr. Henline is taking responsibility and admitting his actions that caused millions of dollars of damage to the Friday Harbor community.
From the Islands Weekly, Jingle Bell Dinner was a success for Lopez Hospice. Tis the season again. On Saturday, December 2nd, the Friends of Lopez Island Home and Hospice Support gathered to ring in December with a fun and festive Jingle Bell Dinner. This year's event was more successful than ever thanks to the Lopez community's generous support for sponsorships, ticket sales, and the silent auction. Guests arrived to find the community center aglow with bright seasonal garlands, lanterns, flowers, and fairy lights. This year's modified format focused the energy on mingling and connection, and it was a joy to see friends catching up over an extended cocktail hour with wine and delicious hors d'oeuvres, followed by a wonderful take-home dinner by Haven Kitchen. Hawk Arps provided merry vibes as guests perused the auction tables, masterfully emceed by Daniel Alexander. The true highlight of the evening were the moments spent honoring our special guests, Rick and Marge McCoy of the Lopez Island Pharmacy. We at Lopez Island Home and Hospice wished to thank Rich and Marge for their service to the community over the last 30 years. When we saw the crowd gathered to raise their glasses in thanks for all the Lopez Pharmacy has done for us, we knew we were not alone in feeling indebted to them. It felt wonderful to center the event on our gratitude to people who do so much for the Lopez community. And the gratitude doesn't end there. This event is our primary fundraiser, and we count on it for almost 40% of our annual operating budget. It takes an incredible group of Lopezians to pull off this event each year, from generous supporters who buy sponsorships and tickets to local artists and businesses that donate auction items, not to mention the dynamic volunteers whose help makes the event so magical each year. We can't thank you all enough for all you do to support LIHHS. In the past year, the generosity of the Lopez community supported LIHHS in providing 500-plus visits, 800-plus hours spent with clients, 200-plus pieces of medical equipment loaned out, 10 new volunteers trained and ready to help Lopezians in need, $5,000 in small safety grants that allowed people to stay safely at home. We can't wait to see what we will be able to accomplish with the record levels of support at this year's Jingle Bell Dinner. And now... Choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On December 16th, a Lopez deputy responded when a man on Port Stanley Road walked onto his neighbor's property, took a shovel and a bowl, and attempted to enter a shed structure. The matter is under investigation. A San Juan deputy stopped the driver of a vehicle for failing to drive to the right of a roundabout and for failing to stop at a stop sign. The driver was issued a citation for failing to drive right of a roundabout as well as additional warnings. On December 17th, a deputy was dispatched to a report of a theft on San Juan. Two packages were taken from the front of a gate. The incident was captured on video, and the person was identified and arrested for theft. Rumor has it they were also placed on the naughty list. On December 18th, 
deputies received a report of mail theft on San Juan. The mail was found nearby and returned by a neighbor, and, though the Christmas card was opened, nothing appeared to have been taken. No further information was available at the time, and Christmas wishes were delivered. A San Juan County deputy received a report that island residents were scammed by a faith healer. The victims and suspects have yet to be positively identified. And this concludes the December 27th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is the 52nd and final edition of 2023. Thank you for listening all year long, and we hope you'll come back to join us again for 2024. We'll be back next week, and we hope you'll tune in for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.